0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Andrew Bartlow about scaling for success, people priorities for high growth organizations. Andrew Bartlow, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you. I'm super excited to have a nice conversation today. We're going to be focusing on your recent book uh, that you were co-author on titled Scaling for Success, People Priorities for High Growth Organizations. And this is something that so many leaders have to deal with. Uh, When you're in the scaling and growth stage, that introduces a whole nother level of challenges and complexities for people management and organizational leadership. So we're going to dive on into that together today. As we get started, I wanted to share Andrew's bio with everybody. Andrew Bartlow has 25 years of human resources and talent management experience at organizations across a wide spectrum of sizes, maturity stages, and industries. He's the co-author of Scaling for Success, People Priorities for High Growth Organizations, has a master's degree from the top program in his field and has been a CECP SPHR and Six Sigma and executive coaching certified through his career. Andrew leads Series B Consulting, which helps businesses to articulate their people strategy and accelerate their growth while navigating rapid change. He also founded the People Leader Accelerator, which is the preeminent development program for startup HR leaders. He's worked with clients like Masterclass and many others to help them overcome obstacles in a hyper growth phase. I love it. Uh, I think that's incredible. I'm super excited for this conversation. Anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background or context before we dive on in?
1: Boy, that's that's a lot already of my background. Re- really appreciate the the softball uh, pitch and the and the setup. Um, All right, cool.
0: so let's let's go ahead then and, and dive on in. Uh, what what motivated you to write this book uh, and to get into really this whole line of work that you're in?
1: Um, I was at a at a reset moment of my career. I was uh, uh, head of HR at a company that went public on my watch and went through a series of mergers and acquisitions and got, it got really big. It's now known as Invitation Homes. It's um, probably a $25 billion market cap. Um, and I had a little tiny piece of it. Uh, and through the mergers and acquisitions, headquarters moved a couple of times and I was not um, signing up to travel to Dallas on a weekly basis from the San Francisco Bay Area uh, or, or moving. Um, so I pulled my golden parachute, uh, three or four years ago, uh, cashed out all my equity and was at this self-actualization moment where I was trying to figure out what the heck I want to do with myself. Um, having been, you know, i have been in HR roles at a dozen different companies, been at the top job, maybe four times. And I was trying to figure out, do I, do I be a stay at home dad? And I, I tried that for a little while. I was terrible at it. Um and thought hard about how can I be useful? How can I use this, the, these hard knocks that I've experienced over the past 25ish years to help others? And so that's where the bucket list book came from. And uh, that led to an exec ed program, you know, People Leader Accelerator, you mentioned that, which is really based on the book. And I started doing one-on-one and group mentoring for HR leaders. So you know, that, that's how I feel useful. That's where the book came from, is trying to help others that do what I do and might be in an earlier stage of their career.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. Um, so let's dive on in and talk a little bit about uh, the premise behind the book and uh, some of the key tenets that you uh, share uh, throughout the text. Again, scaling for success, people, priorities for high growth organizations. Uh, There's a lot there to unpack. Uh, Can you describe a little bit for us?
1: Yeah. um, So there there are some foundational truths around management practices, Um, deep uh, body of knowledge and research that you're well aware of um, that uh, is largely based on very large, very stable, mature organizations. Um, living out here in the San Francisco Bay Area, which is the you know, startup and tech hub of the world, um, still is, uh, even with the branches uh, reaching out. Um, I, I'd seen a number of other people in the HR community and you know, high, high growth, uh, you know, mostly tech companies, really struggling to figure it out, figure out how to handle their growth. And, um, and that's where I thought I could be useful. I, I've uh, been in that top job at a number of you know, tech startups and supported others. You know, how, do, how do I help those leaders, whether they're HR leaders or founders and business leaders, figure out how to navigate through high growth um, and, and, and handle the chaos that, that comes with, with hyper growth. When you get venture dollars or even PE dollars Um, things move faster than when you're at a bootstrapped company, you know, it's, it's essentially grow or die, especially in the venture community. And so there's a lot of pressure to move quickly. Lots of mistakes are made. You know, the, the, you know, Facebook quote of, you know, move fast and break things. Um, we can get more right early. And so that, that's what I was trying to, uh, work through.
0: Yeah. And I I like that idea of of getting more right early. I mean, there are certain mistakes and missteps that are just inevitable. They're going to happen as you're growing, as you're learning. And frankly, a lot of people, you know, in startup phase don't necessarily have the people management or organizational leadership skills or competencies. And it may only, you know, sometimes you have startups that don't even add someone with those competencies until they already have, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 plus employees, uh, at which point, you know, there's already a lot of messes that could have been in the works. Um, and so the, the reality is, yes, there are going to be mistakes, there are going to be missteps, but can we be more thoughtful and, and prepare uh, and design things and be more strategic, better earlier uh, to avoid a lot of those missteps? Absolutely. I, I'm a 100% a believer in that. And you know, and then of course, as the, as we're in a nascent organization and it grows and develops and matures over time, then you bring on more people and and the complexity grows, all that kind of stuff. You have a more robust and more mature HR department and and set of of, of people working on the the variety of different necessary skills. Um, All of that happens, but yes, from the very beginning, from the founding team, you need to have people thinking about organizational design, about people management and leadership principles, so that you start to create the culture you want. So you start to create and embed, um, you know, this this kind of uh, design uh, and environment uh, throughout all aspects of the organization as it grows.
1: You nailed it. Absolutely, couldn't say it better. Um, lots of good intentions, lots of activity. Um, I noticed that there was a preponderance. There there was this really common approach to lift and shift and use other companies' best practices. Or if Google did such and such, then we want to do it at our 25-person company. Or we heard that Zappos did holacracy. All right, let's let's de-layer our organization. Um, I I really wanted to help these high-growth companies um, understand what's right for them. And so I, I had, here, let's go there. I, I had three primary tenets to the book. Um, one is have a plan. Yes, that plan will change, that plan will evolve, but boy, you'll figure out where you're going, otherwise you'll never get there, right? Have a, have a plan. And that's an organizational plan and it's a people plan and they ought to be tied together. Um, two is ruthlessly prioritize, particularly in high growth, things are moving way, way crazy fast. There's too much to do, too many stakeholders. You'll never satisfy them all. Too many founders and HR leaders burn out because they don't, they don't figure out how to you know, uh, put it in context. Um, so ruthlessly prioritize. You can move three things a mile or 30 things an inch. Let's make better progress. Um, and then maybe uh, third is context- is king. So what works for some organization may or may not work for you. Best practices are best um, viewed with a critical and skeptical eye.
0: Yeah. and, And that's such an important point. Best practices are from within a particular context and set of circumstances that are usually quite unique. that particular organization their founding team the culture the external environment they find themselves in all of those things and so can we learn things and principles from best practice case studies from various organizations absolutely can we adopt them wholesale and simply try to you know completely apply straight over into our organization you can you can try but it's probably almost never going to work because context matters and everyone's context is different even if you're in the same industry, same general size. Uh, you know, you, you can check a lot of the boxes to say, yes, we're similar in these ways. You're still different and you're, you're still unique. And so you, you can't just wholesale adopt what other people have been doing that have been working for them.
1: Yeah, Yep. Some things you can, some frameworks will be helpful. And I try to provide frameworks uh, throughout the book. And it's and it's all with this people and management practice lens. Uh, you know, scaling up uh, by gazelles, That that's a... Management Framework, EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System, that can be useful some you know, several, several different approaches out there. Couldn't tell you how many playbooks I've come across from you know, the venture community where you're trying to make it easier for your portfolio companies to move through these stages of growth, all really well intended, but all still necessary to evaluate in your own context what's right for us right now.
0: We look forward to having you join us. Yeah. So, and I interrupted you. I apologize. So, we're talking about context. Um, then, what else? What What comes next?
1: Well, the, those are the three tenets of the book, and and I break it down into <clears throat> the the classic sub sections of human resources, um, actually, maybe a little bit more extended than some people think about it. So we, we talk about org structure and org design, like when, when do you, how, how do you sequence your senior team hires? That's, that's a, a typical challenge there. You know, you're, when do you layer your, your founding employees? Um, we talk about talent acquisition and, and how to tackle that in a high growth environment. Um, especially around selection. There's some, what, what you do at a very early stage should be different than what you do as you're scaling up and you know, d- doubling the size of your organization um, quickly. Uh, we talk about total rewards and the concept of an employment value proposition. Uh, there's equity, there's benefits, there's you know base pay. We know the base pay is changing rapidly. We think we do, but nobody has great data on it right now. So how do you... How do you tackle that? So you know it, it's 10 chapters. You know, we could go you know, into tons of detail about the breakdown of the book, but it's really trying to touch on each of the major components of the your management operating system at an at a high growth organization and from the lens of HR. Elad Gill with the High Growth Handbook, I, I think came the closest to doing this, but that's from a broader business perspective. Um, he did some great work there. We have the only book that I'm aware of, and, and Dave Ulrich uh, blurbed us, which was wonderful, and specifically called this out, um, that, that there's this donut hole in in the literature for high growth organizations with an HR lens. And so we try to fill that donut hole.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. So So let's talk a little bit about some of the common challenges you've seen in the various roles you've had over time, you know, in these high growth kind of environments? Uh, Again, you you mentioned earlier, and I I talked about it a little bit too, that of course we're going to see mistakes uh, and missteps. That's, that's just part of the deal. Um, But what are some of the biggest types of avoidable mistakes you've seen if people can kind of hone in and pay attention to the type of stuff that you're talking about in your book?
1: Yeah. And, and I'll, um step back a moment and share. Okay, here's where I'm coming from. Have uh, again worked at 12-ish companies over those 25 years, top job four or five um, times. Um, I'm actively consulting more than a dozen uh, companies and HR leaders, primarily venture-backed, but also PE backed. There are a lot of similarities, but some critical differences. A, a really common issue, what I come across more than anything else is lack of clarity. And and that's lack of clarity in terms of the the top level company goals and priorities, which then makes it really stinking hard to uh, waterfall, cascade that down into the goals and priorities of the HR and people organization into the other functions, whether it be sales or product or or you name it. And there's there's this um, embracing of the chaos that um, I, I think is is a little silly. Yes, it's chaotic. Yes, there's a ton of stuff happening. Yes, things change. But again, if you don't have some true north overused term, if you don't have some plan, then it's really hard to align a team of any size, you know, a team that's bigger than what could fit in your garage uh, behind whatever the uh, goals and priorities are for for your organization. So that that's the biggest thing that I come across, and, and frankly, HR, where, where it doesn't exist at a company or it's not super clear, HR is probably best positioned to help drive that clarification at the organizational level because it touches everything else.
0: Yeah, yeah, that clarity is so important, and it'll, you know, if if we can do it well, it's going to drive uh, focus in, along meaning purpose and and providing value to the marketplace for all aspects of the organization. Um, And so I agree, I think, I think HR can be a a real driver for that. And clearly it's, it's, it it should be a top priority for all key stakeholders, all leaders within the organization from the founding team and the CEO all the way on down, regardless of how, you know, flat or tall the hierarchy is or whatever. Um, So, so the clarity piece is super important. And as we, as we, you know, what, what the, the communication around the clarity piece is such a huge challenge for most organizations and the more the, the faster you're growing and the more complex you become, the more tricky that becomes right And the more um, challenging it is uh, because you're constantly having to repeat um, you know and, and refocus as you're bringing on new people and and you know if you're scaling quickly, you literally over the course of six months or a year, you have like a whole new organization. <laughs> uh, and so you can't take it for granted that people get it. Um, you have to just be very persistent over time.
1: Yep. Yep. Um, you know, you haven't said it enough until you're sick of saying it. Um, there's a better way to say that, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, if your organization is growing 50% year over year, you have 10, 20, 30% turnover, you have total organization renewal. And you know, we humans, in the absence of information, we tend to get cynical sometimes and we can drift and we can work on whatever is at you know, the top of our inbox rather than what the most important thing is. So Eisenhower matrix, importance versus urgency. That's a great tool, really oldie but goodie. Um, tools to help sort out clarity. Patrick Lencioni has a great model. Um, I don't think it's the best science-based um, model, but I like the practicality and simplicity of the six questions for clarity. You know, why, why do we exist? What do we do? How do we behave? What's most important right now? Who will do what? I forgot one in there. But those that, that's a really useful exercise to take a leadership team through. Um, and I, I've done that in in-house roles and, and as an advisor. And boy, if you can nail some of those questions, that's a heck of a lot more valuable than going down a black hole of mission vision values, um, like to get clear on what your organization is trying to accomplish. That's way more powerful than a bunch of flowery wordsmithing on mission vision values.
0: Yeah. Amen. <laughs> that's one of my pet peeves. Um, and anytime someone is saying, okay, it's, it's now time to, to refresh our, our mission vision values. I'm like, I'm all for having clear mission vision values, but there's only so much value that you can get from churning through that. And the reality is most organizations don't even really use them anyways. And so you, you spend all this time and energy trying to craft something that is only tangential at best in terms of integration throughout the organization. So, so having more clarity around what, how you're adding value to the market uh, is, is going to play a much bigger role in my mind. Um, do we want to be a a purpose-driven organization with, uh, you know, staying true to core values? Yes. Uh, and, and we should communicate those things well and effectively, but, but in and of themselves, they, they won't get us to our end goal.
1: Yeah. I, I frankly don't see it as a, as a really valuable standalone exercise. It's part of that larger exercise of what are we trying to accomplish? What's the most important thing right now? How do we behave It's part of it? So I, I like that Lencioni framework, you know, author of Five Dysfunctions of the Team, The Advantage. I, you know, he, he lives just down the road from me. Um, you know, great, great stuff that I use a lot. I, I do feel like it's important to uh, comment though on, uh, I've, I've noticed that there is a shift from total chaos, no planning, no prioritization, just everything's happening all at once to huge overcorrection um at, at a number of organizations where like oh we missed a goal we missed a deadline now let's implement quarterly okrs at an individual level with you know 70 goals and stretch targets and wow um what a great example of lifting and shifting and best practices that may not be best from you um uh, you know, one of my favorite things to talk about is like what why would your 50 person organization think that a process from 1970s Intel thanks Andy Grove would be the right thing for your rapid growth rapid rapidly evolving knowledge worker organization so be cautious of going from no uh, process no clarity to overdoing it in a high change organization
0: yeah and I've seen that a bunch of times as well and and I get I get the uh, the the pull towards that. Yeah. Um, and I can understand why, you know, from a psychological standpoint, people and leaders want to try to do that. But then you just become way overly rigid. Uh, you're no longer able to be uh, rapidly adaptive. And there, it's it's important to have structure and scaffolding to support what you're trying to accomplish in your organization. But if, if your policies, practice and procedures become so dense that you no longer can be you know, a really entrepreneurial organization, then you're shooting yourselves in the foot. And, and there's a certain amount of discomfort that's always going to be there there. You know, there, we, certainty is a facade. Like we can't be certain about much of anything. And so we just have to build the scaffolding to support what we're trying to do without um, layering so many things on top of us that we can't, you know, so many blankets on top of us, we can't even move in the bed.
1: There's there's this natural tension at high growth, high uh, rapidly evolving organizations between speed and structure, right? And there's often the the white blood cells of an organization want to stamp out the structure and process, and that's a dirty dirty big company word. Um, and, and I don't think it's all or nothing. And a lot of people get stuck there. Um, I, I don't know whether I coined this or heard it from somebody smarter than me. There's a Goldilocks zone where it's not too hot, it's not too cold, but it's just right. And it's just right for you, where there's enough process, there's enough structure, there's enough internal discipline to get just enough, maybe not quite enough clarity, communication, alignment around you know key things um, in your management operating processes that will help your organization really take off. Look for that Goldilocks zone.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. Andrew, it has been a pleasure. I note the time and I need to let you go here in just a minute. But before we close, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, your team, your books, and then give us the final word on the topic for today.
1: Yeah, well, well, thank you. Um, Please link in with me, um, Andrew Bartlow on LinkedIn. You can also follow my blog and join. um, I don't really have a newsletter, but I put out a lot of uh, content, at least monthly on my website, series be consulting, things start to get interesting around uh, your second round of funding. Um, Yeah, that's a great way to follow me. And then uh, if you're an HR leader that is interested in uh, growing and expanding your skills and becoming part of a really powerful peer community, People Leader Accelerator has its own website. And we are starting to take applications for an early 2022 cohort.
0: Wonderful. Thank you, Andrew. It has been a real pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Andrew can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe. That you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Bluer than indigo leadership, the journey of becoming a truly remarkable leader.